it is the most organic thing that could have ever happened to me. If you think of it in terms of transitioning from a career to a purpose. So the, the big moment on stage for me always, and I usually don't leave an audience without saying your purpose is not the thing you do. Your purpose is the thing that happens in others when you do what you do. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 73 of the podcast. I missed y'all last week. Uh, finally figuring out all this technical shiz. Sometimes, y'all, I feel like Mercury and retrograde is real right now for my life. Please tell me I'm not alone in this. <laughs> I've been talking to a bunch of um, the gals in my Live Your Fuck Yes Live membership, and everyone's like, yep, it's real. Um, so... I just think it's a time of year and shit's good and getting wacky AF and sometimes you just got to go with the flow. So I'm so excited to finally bring this conversation to you because it has been sitting in my pocket and we've been rocking it and I'm just so, so excited to share this woman's passion and vision and spunk and this conversation with you guys because it got really real and we started, we disagreed on some things, we had so many wonderful conversations about what it is to be a creative, an entrepreneur, a person, um, and just really learning how to like live from your power and live from your purpose, which I don't know about y'all, but I always need a little boost for that. So I'm really, really, really excited to get you guys into this convo. But before we get there, This episode is brought to you by the Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership, my new online and affordable AF platform where you get badass mindset coaching from yours truly, support from guest experts about sex, relationships, self-care, mental health, and health, and a true community with daily conversations on how to handle this bumpy AF journey we call life. This is perfect for you if you put everyone and your mother before yourself, or maybe you want to feel less burnt out, but you have no fucking clue where to start, or maybe you're just tired of joining every free Facebook group in the land looking for support and never getting what you really need. The Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership is for you, sister. And as a podcast listener, you get 10% off your monthly subscription. So go to www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash membership and type in code L-Y-F-Y-L. That's capital L-Y-F-Y-L at checkout to snag 10% off. See you there. All right, you fuckers. Let's go. Um, Before I, I dive into a little bit about Jade and I get you to this combo, I just wanted to say that I feel like there's something in the air right now. I know I kind of said this at the beginning, but if you are going through something tough or a season where it's challenging, um, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Um, There's been a lot going on for me, and I'm going to be getting uh, into more about this kind of in the next solo episode that I rock. Um, I've been doing a lot of processing, a lot of healing, and... I just feel like there's something in the air with not just me, but a lot of really wonderful close people in my life and also a lot of the the people in my communities and a lot of my clients. And so I just want to send you a very giant, huge hug from wherever you are in the world listening to this. I hope you can feel the energy of love and support. Um, and just reminder, right. Cause this podcast is all about navigating the mess and having the tools and, 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 and starting to build up the building blocks for you to really support yourself throughout the mess. Um, because that's part of the journey, right? There are seasons of life where it's fucking sucky and, and it just, it's shitty. It's really the worst. Um, and so how can we support ourselves through that? And also when things are great, right? Um, it's constantly this, this beautiful balance. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. So that being said, um, let's get into today's episode. Um, Jade Simmons, y'all, if you haven't heard Jade Simmons, I had the pleasure of hearing her speak as a keynote at a conference this year. And I have seen many, many keynote speakers. I have been to many, many a conference. And let me tell you, she was the best person I have ever seen on stage. The most, um, 
transformative uh, experience I have had in an audience was watching this woman speak and also um, just hearing her story tell. Um, And you are going to get so much of that. Um, Not only is she a keynote speaker all around the world, um, and now as coaching um, entrepreneurial women to really find their voice, but she she started her roots are started as a classical pianist. And, um, you know, she, she found that, and you'll, you'll hear more about her story, but she found that, um, doing that in, in the, in the cookie, you know, cookie cutter box of what classical pianists usually rock was just not really what she wanted to do. And personally, I felt so, connected to her story because, um, my, my background started off, um, in opera and I talk about that on today's podcast for the first time ever and how, you know, getting out of the classical world and, and also just getting out of the box in which we believe we need to be in as human beings, right. And, and learn how to actually show up unapologetically as who we truly are meant to be is a really big theme throughout this podcast. Um, and so we talk all about that. Um, we talk about, um, how she, you know, her growing up process. Um, and we, we talk about her perspective on the word black privilege, which I had never heard talked about before. And it it's a really interesting conversation. We talk about what it means to be an artist, how to figure out what the fuck your purpose is. Um, creating a deep impact in the world with the work you do and, and, and even just with who you are. Um, we talk a lot about our different differing perspectives on the mess and on imperfections and beyond and just really harnessing the magic of your own life. So I'm so excited for you guys to get to know Jade if you haven't met her before um, or been introduced to her work. Um, and if you have, just to get some more of her in your earbuds because she is the bomb.com. So without further ado, here we go. Oh, also, just before we officially kick off, we had some kind of uh, weird, like technical stuff going on on her end. Um, so some of the um, some of the sounds, it's just it's not quite exactly what you guys are used to hearing on the podcast. So I apologize in advance, but I really didn't want to have to re-record this conversation because it was so fucking amazing. So go with me on this one. Um, it's really only in a couple moments where um, things get a little wonky. So um, thanks for your understanding as always. And yeah, let's do the damn thing. Here we go. Hey, Jade. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? So I'm glad to be here. So excited. You guys, I am so pumped for you to just experience the magic that is this woman because I got to do that in person a few months ago um, and truly feel like so I just I've never I've seen so many people speak on stage and I have never felt so deeply connected to a person like you were real but you were also like giving it up straight and saying so many things that are so powerful but also just like being unapologetically yourself which I think a lot of speakers struggle with and it's something that I so deeply resonate with you guys know is like my ultimate mission on life is to just allow you to be your unapologetic self and I think by being that ourselves we can hold space for other people to do the same. And I watched you do that in front of a room full of like thousands and thousands of people. And I just can't wait to share your magic with my people. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast. Say hey, and um, let's get the damn thing started. I'm so pumped. I'm excited. Let's dive in. Okay. So before we dive into like my specific questions or thoughts of where I want to go, like I think your story is so unique, but it's also one that I vibrate with so personally. And I yeah. think it's really rare to see somebody who has like the creative background and the classical background that you do from a pianist standpoint and from an artist standpoint meets entrepreneurship. Like mm-hmm. that is something I so personally resonate with. So can you just share a little bit about like your path? Because I feel like it's yeah. so unique and specific and I, <laughs> I want you guys to hear her story because it's so cool. So, you know, it's funny when people ask me that, I always have to figure out what's the thing to the nutshell. Yeah, where do I start, right? Right? But, you know, it's like, um, I totally love that I'm talking to you because you get it, you know, as a classically trained artist, you Mm -hmm. know that that path starts out very specific, Mm -hmm. right? And it's very narrow. And so, you know, growing up, all I wanted to do was be a classical concert pianist. I mean, Ralph is my man, Mm -hmm. Chopin is my Mm man, you know what I'm saying? So... I went to school to study that the way that you do when you're a classical musician. Uh, Non-traditionally, though, I started very late. So I didn't really get my first official piano lesson until I was about eight and a half years old, which, you know, it's like over the hill. Yeah, I think I started when I was four. 
with piano. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was a late start, but I think the advantage to that was I went into those lessons even already knowing what I wanted to sound like. I mean, I had an mm. idea of where I was trying to go. It took forever to get there because, you know, the teachers are going to make you do the very traditional route and the scales and all that stuff. But um, long story as concise as possible. <laughs> the easiest way to say it is that my career has taken some pretty downright incredible detours. And I'll start at the end by saying, you could not pay me to go back to the original dream that I had. Mm. No shade on people like, look, I just want to be a classical artist. That's it. Mm. But you'll get to this point in life where you're doing exactly what you said you wanted to do or what you wrote down on your, in mm. your childhood journal. Yep. And you'll go, okay, I'm here, but what's missing? Yep. Or why am I so freaking afraid to go on stage when I busted my butt to get here? And yeah. I started like these, um, something close to panic attacks um, for uh, right before I would go on stage. And I'm like, why am I nervous? Why am I nervous? I don't get stage fright. Mm. And what I realized was that at the end of the day, busting my butt to try to play music as perfectly as possible for audiences who had already heard the same music played a gazillion times before. And in order to do that successfully, um, I started speaking in between the pieces just to catch my breath, just mm. to like regroup. And my audiences started falling in love with my stories. Mm. Um, and you heard me share some of that um, back at the event we were together. But before I got there, I will say, you know, I had one path that I was on. And I thank God that I was able to listen to that that says there's still more. There's something else. There's yeah. something else. Uh, so I eventually started adding speaking. That changed everything mm. because in my industry, nobody was really doing that. They were just mm -hmm. coming out, shutting their mouths, sitting down and playing. Mm -hmm. I was talking and connecting with my audience on a very real level. I started mixing genres in music. Um, I'm dating myself a bit by saying that when I was really trying to make a go at my career, um, the iPod was just becoming really popular. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. <laughs> so what was so cool is that you could be, I could, as a black female, I'd be sitting next to like, you know, some white guy who looks totally goth, but on his iPod playlist was like Jay-Z. Yeah. Dolly Parton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Taylor Swift. Such a and Mozart. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I got curious, like, could I create a concert experience that felt mm -hmm. like you were randomly going through your iPod. Could I mm. miss that much? And so, you know, my big piece of advice here is take your cues from what's really happening in real time around you. Even though I knew what classical music prescribed, mm. my audiences who were coming in there, I knew the truth. I knew that on their iPod wasn't just Mozart. Yeah. So what if I dared to mix it up and I started mixing up my concert experience, adding speaking, uh, the speaking took on a life of its own, um, and then I started bringing my piano with me when I spoke and kind of the rest is history. The entrepreneurship piece, man, we talked about fine. Um, part of that was once I started figuring out how to build a career strictly in the classical world, other artists wanted to know what I was doing. How was I getting all these concerts? Yeah. Um, so I started teaching other artists how to build a career. That's what got me into coaching. Yeah. Um, and then I got more curious about other streams of income and voila, I was suddenly an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. And now I've really embraced that and I'm, I'm building an enterprise I'm really, really proud of. But it started with, you know, that one piano lesson and then mm -hmm. listen to the voice that said there's still more. Yeah. And I, I think what you I mean, there's so much to like pick apart from what you just shared. Yeah. So I'm just like nodding the fuck out of my head right now, you guys. <laughs> like it's absurd because truly your story resonates so intensely. Like I haven't actually talked about this on the podcast very much. You guys know that I'm a performer and an actor, but my background is in opera. Like I started singing classical and, and actually did 10, 15 years of classical piano. Like I have my grade uh -huh. 12 row conservatory, you know, like I did all the theory, wow. like classical music has been such a vibrant and important piece of my life, but I went away from it for a really long time because I felt myself feeling the pressure of what to do on the traditional right. path of that. And I was mm -hmm. like, I cannot see myself being an opera singer. And I know that I could have made a hugely successful career at it. 
I am like a coloratura singer, which for those of you who don't know what that means, it's like the queen of the night aria in the magic flute. Like that's what my voice does. And it's insane. And it's like a gift that I know I was born with. And yet every time I would perform opera, I was so in my head and it was so technical and so not performative and so not telling stories in the way that I knew I was put on this earth to tell stories. And so like hearing you speak about your background with classical music and classical piano specifically is like, oh, fuck yeah. yes. Like, yeah. this is, this doesn't have to be the be all and end all. It can be the foundation that led you to where you are yeah. now and yeah. where you want to go. But like the root of it is that you wanted to tell stories. And I would even argue to say that from what you just shared, like it wasn't just what your audience needed, but it was what you needed too. Like, yeah, I, and I always say that it was more for me. I always tell the audience, look, I was trying to catch my breath here. I was Mm. playing this insane music, this virtuoso stuff. And I think I had this hidden inferiority complex Mm. as a black female in this very white world, right? Of, you know, how do I fit in? How do I come off as extra classical? Um, Which definitely meant I couldn't tell the secret that I loved hip hop. Right. And I was going to even just (laughs) ask, like, when you started incorporating that, like, how did that feel? Because I am, I mean, I cannot even imagine like as a white, very privileged, like Mm -hmm. female in the, in the space that I live in, like, I can't imagine what that perception might have. Have you read the book, Hate You Give or seen the movie? I haven't. I haven't seen the movie on purpose. I haven't yet. Yeah. kind of, I have to be in the right frame of mind. It's a lot to take and content yeah a friend of mine my assistant watched it on our last plane trip I, and she's like do you want to watch this and I'm not ready, I'm not ready I, I watched right? it on my way to Europe and your story is making me think of that so deeply because yeah. the, for those of you who don't know the the basis of it is this this young black woman um is navigating like life in like living in her neighborhood um which is largely black and an african-american and then she's going to like this very prestigious private school where everyone around her is not like the same as her and it's it's it sounds like the classical piece and like that you were kind of trying to fit this mold of what that looked like well I want to be careful because you talk about white privilege I I am from a world of black privilege so the difference is while maybe my family we weren't an affluent family I had everything So, you know, I played six different instruments, four different sports. I was in the marching band and the youth symphony, and I was student council president every year, including students. You know what I mean? I was that chick who was just the overscheduled, overqualified, won all the awards. Uh, And my parents, I was a civil rights activist. My mother works in higher education. We grew up Mm. in Charleston, South Carolina. So for my parents, the goal was that as a, as a young woman, I would not uh, succumb to racism and I would not uh, suffer in any kind of inferiority. So they said yes to everything. I went to all the fancy yeah. summer camps, Brevard, you know, I did Indiana University's camp. I did all that stuff. So in that way, I can't relate to some of the material where you see kind of the traditional rags oh, to riches stories because that's and not so, true for everyone. it's not my story it's of not course. and so what yeah. when I wrote when I first I remember the first management company that I signed to they were you know writing my bio and they wrote it like a rags to riches story it was like an unexpected yeah. you know foray into the, I'm like dude that's, that's not, not it, it. I've been yeah. that's not that's not me yeah. right so but where you're is in my head which is that's the battle for most musicians. So let's be clear and and first of all, validate that your path and my path are not plan B. I believe that what we do should be plan A for mm, all artists. 100%. I do not think that they should be forced down or, or even not even forced, but feel like there is the only way, the A way is the performance life. And if you can't cut it as a coloratura, then Then, you become an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think we cripple creatives that way. We destine them to a life of obscurity, of not being able to express the passion and the Mm. creativity that they have a God-given gift to express. And then we limit them financially as well. Right. Um, So I'm always careful because sometimes I'll speak on these panels, right? For arts and they'll talk about entrepreneurship as well. I couldn't make it as a performer. And that- So uh, I did this instead. It's totally a thing. I think it's funny. Like a lot of people still question like why I'm acting. And I'm like, that's my first love. Like I'm never, like I, I, I am an entrepreneur because I'm an actor. 
not yeah. the other way around. That's good. Um, That's good. So I love that you said that. And I want to come back to that in a second, but you, you mentioned a term that I've never heard anyone speak about and that's black, black privilege. Can you speak to what that means <laughs> I, for you? I may have just made it up on the fly. Um, <laughs> so what I, but I, but I think of it as, so there's an entire generation of, I, I would say young, I'm not so young anymore. I'm 40, 41, but there's my generation and we are the overachieving uh, young black generation. So our parents were right outside of civil rights movement. My, like I said, my dad's a civil rights activist. Yeah. Our parents went to college. Um, we're not first generation college, but our parents grew up saying their kids were going to have everything. Sure. So most of us didn't work. I never worked. Um, like I didn't have a high school job. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do any of that. I had my job was to get killer grades and to be um, astoundingly over the top where extracurricular concerned. Yeah. We all go to the top colleges, but we may be one of a few. We were in all the eight classes, but we might've been the only black person in the class. So as a result, if we're not careful, we get used to being the only in some uh, heightened or elitist environment. And then we start to think we're special or that we're the only ones, and it's not true. But the people in the room look at us and we're like the unicorn. Yeah. Like, oh my God, the black woman in classical music. And it's like, no, there's there's a lot of us. Yeah. They just, for whatever reason, you don't see them on this stage or that mm. stage or they don't have this connection. Yeah. Um, and so when I say it off the cuff, I'm thinking of, it's not necessarily about money, but we have the structure, the access that maybe our counterpoints who did grow up either in poverty or in neighborhoods that didn't have resources or couldn't afford summer camp. Yeah. Right. You know, I think of even, experience. yeah, well, even like my son, my son uh, has a diagnosis of high functioning Asperger's. So he's, he's way out on the autism spectrum. You'd have to live with him to really catch it. Sure. You know, he doesn't display in any kind of stereotypical or obvious ways, but it took so much investigation to figure out what was going on with him. It costs so much money to get the testing done yeah. and what it costs for us to send him to school, to have the kind of education he needs. It's like, I'm paying for college and he's only in sixth grade. Yeah. And so I think, think of privilege in the sense that I can't imagine how many other young boys, black or white, but in the case of young black boys have that same diagnosis and will never know. And they're getting stereotyped as having behavioral issues yeah. um, or, or intellectual issues and they're in classes probably for special ed when they're actually extraordinarily brilliant. Yeah. So that's a form of black, black privilege. And my husband and I say, oh my God, thank God we actually have the money, the wherewithal, the resources to give him what he needs to not be yeah. stereotyped and labeled. So I think, I think, you know, and I'm sure if you Googled, there is a term black privilege, yeah. but that's what I mean when I say it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I, I see it as like socioeconomic privilege, right? So like the yeah. fact that we have, like, and I grew up in a very, actually very similar, like your story. I'm like, yeah, this mm -hmm. sounds very familiar. Like I grew up in a, a super well-off family, like where I was given all the opportunities and was the type A, you know, like overachieving kid with all the extracurriculars. I have so much privilege in that space. So I deeply understand that. I just yeah. thought it was, I've never heard that term before. And coming from like a black woman, I'm like, whoa, fuck, like shit. Yeah. I, I've heard so much white privilege. We've had, <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations on the, on the podcast um, with incredible women who are advocates in that space talking mm -hmm. about privilege on, in so many capacities. So I was like, damn, like it's, it's cool to hear varying perspectives and varying yeah, views. And, and I think because again, you know, financially we would definitely not classify at least that in, for my parents as well off, we were probably, you know, lower middle class in terms of socioeconomic status. Now my husband and I would classify much higher. We have, you know, more economic means, yeah, for sure. even more access. And that's what you hope, right? Is that yeah. each generation gets to have more. You can grow yeah. for sure. Damn, did not expect to go there. And I love it. <laughs> Let's oh, do it. <laughs> fucking like, I love this conversation already. And I just appreciate, I just appreciate you sharing your, your, your perspective because that's, you guys, that's what this is about. Like, that's why I bring on amazing guests like Jade to have conversations about this and see where the fuck this goes. Because I think that to, 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 we so often like categorize like things in a, such a narrow box and don't take into account that we are all individual humans who have individual yeah. lenses, right? And so our perspective on something that someone else can have a varying perspective on is neither are wrong. They just both exist because we yeah. are different people. And so it's so amazing. And I just really appreciate you being so open and honest and willing to talk about that kind of stuff because I think it can be really challenging to do so. 
So I want to take it back, though, to something you were talking about in terms of being an artist. And I think this can if you weren't listening and you're like, I'm not a creative, like, mm-hmm. and I call bullshit because I think we are all creatives and I'm just going to put that into the ether. But if you're not a person who actively is pursuing an art form as a career path, like think of this for yourself as like anything that you want to do, because I think so often we put ourselves into these boxes. And what I love about what you said is that sometimes what we think we want isn't really what we do. And we spend so much time moving in that path and in that direction that we quiet the voices inside that are actually leading us to where we want to go and where we're meant to go. So can you share a little bit about like what that process was like for you? Because I, I feel like transitioning from classical music to what you're doing now is such a leap. Like, and and I can't even imagine like the steps that went through your brain from that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. No, I got it. I got it. You know what I'm realizing as I'm listening to you say it back, Um, it does seem like a leap if you think of me going from classical pianist to, you know, motivational speaker, author, minister, that seems like a leap. Yeah. It is the most organic thing that could have ever happened to me. If you think of it in terms of transitioning from a career to a purpose, Mm. So the, the big moment on stage for me always, and I usually don't leave an audience without saying your purpose is not the thing you do. Your purpose is the thing that happens in others when you do what you do. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. So as I'm even just watching you, you know, I'm a, I'm a visual and I stare. And so I love that we're on (laughs) video here so I can just stare at you and watch you move. And the, the phrase that I keep hearing is that Amanda is a wall buster she breaks down walls and not just for herself, but as she breaks through them, others break through their own walls. Mm. And so when I think about one of the greatest walls we have, it's, it's label and position and title. And in American society, especially from the day we're born, we're forced out of the womb and we start running towards some other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever other is, it just can't be here. It must be somewhere far away. Mm -hmm. And there's this extraordinary scripture, um, the book of Jeremiah. And it says that, God knew us before we were in the womb. And that blows my mind because I start thinking about, well, shoot, I want to know what he knew about me. Like, tell me, like, tell me what's up. And so to me, that journey is actually not forward in a way. It's backwards. It's like this backwards investigation of who always designed to be. Mm -hmm. So when you think of purpose instead of position, um, I thought my purpose was to play the piano. And that's why I was in my head because if your purpose is to do a thing, time you screw up at that thing you mm. must also be a screw up yeah right every time memory slip god every time you you know crack a note in your case you're like i suck yeah. well that's wrong yeah when i started seeing the response from audiences when i was telling stories they were having now this whole new experience that was outside of the music the music was the introduction right yeah. but then the stories i told about the music or now where you saw me i was speaking to the audience intentionally inspirational you're having your own your own thing going on no matter what i'm saying you're now in your own space recapturing something important or you're like now i'm going to release this part of myself mm. and that happened because of something i said in a moment so i realized oh my god my purpose isn't to play the piano to impress people this piano just gets me in the room mm. so that I can do something that's going to impact them instead. Mm. So when I shifted from impressing to impacting, and I knew I was put on this earth to impact, then you investigate, right? Well, how do I impact? Well, Amanda busts down walls for people, right? Jade activates you into being your biggest, boldest self. Mm. So now I can say yes to anything that allows me to activate people into being bigger and bolder. I can preach if I need to. I can write a book. As long as I get to activate, I can say yes to it. Mm-hmm. So to the world, it's like, man, she's all over the place. To me, I'm like, I am right in the same zone every day. And I can afford to be doing it because I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I can say yes to your podcast because I'm like, oh, we're going to speak and I'm going to activate somebody. Mm. I can say yes to that. Mm-hmm. Right. But maybe as a classical pianist, I would go, well, I don't know if I want to be right. associated with a podcast that has the right. F bomb in the title. Right. Right. You limit yourself. Yeah. 
But I'm like, uh-uh, my purpose is attached to her podcast. I got to say yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am literally screaming. I wish you guys could see my body right now because it is like <laughs> vibrating so high because like I, I asked that question, not because I, genu- I genuinely felt that way, but because I think that a lot of people probably look at you from the outskirt and go, how the fuck? And I yeah. know that a lot of people do the same for me who, who know my whole story. And it's, uh, it's you guys, this is so why so it's so important to genuinely get to know yourself because when you uncover, this is what I always say with my clients, like I'm uncovering all of the bullshit that I have put put on myself, that society has put on myself, where I sh- I'm shooting all over myself of where I wow. should be putting myself and, and how I should be showing up and what I should be doing instead of just coming from a space of, okay, This is what I'm put on this earth to do. This is what lights me the fuck up. This is what Mm. it is for me to be living my fuck yes life. And so is this, like you said, podcast or event or writing a book or, you know, I don't know, playing the piano in this capacity. Is that me being my fuck yes self? Like, is that me showing up and vibrating where I'm supposed to, according to my impact and what I want to do in this world and what I'm meant to do in this world, just instead of where I feel like I should be. It's like when we say yes to our neighbor to like, you know, I don't know. I don't really have a neighbor anymore because we live in apartments, but you know, like, you know, when you're like going to, or you're going to a party, even though you don't fucking want to go, but you're going because you feel like you're going to disappoint the person. But it's like, that's, it's small example, but it's like when we make more and more of those choices, we move further away from who we're supposed to be and from our vision. And so I love that because yeah. I think as, as somebody who does all the things, like I mm-hmm. also am like in the middle of writing a book and like it's launching in three months and like yeah. I have a podcast. I am an actor. I'm in rehearsals right now for my sh- like a show. And I also, you know, am a coach. Like I do all these things. And it's not because I feel like I'm worse in one or the other and I need them to support me. It's because I get to vibrate at the way that I'm supposed to in so many different ways and and all of them are making an impact in the way that I'm supposed to show up and where my highest skills um and and my my deepest passions lie um so I just love that you the way you put that because it's I think it's so hard for people to and and I know a lot of you guys struggle with this it's like where do I go and what am I supposed to put my attention towards and it's like when you get quiet and actually ask yourself what you care about and what you're meant to do, those answers become a lot more yeah. clear. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're preaching here, first of all. I'm just <laughs> I'm just zoned in. You're this is good stuff here. Uh there's one thing I would love to double down on. Yeah. You said, you know, what that you get to vibrate. I love that in all these different ways that you're supposed to. I will challenge everyone listening and say, it's more dire than what you're supposed to do. It's what you were put on the earth and must do that when you deny yourself one of those channels, you're not just denying yourself. There are people that you're only going to reach through the podcast Mm -hmm. that you're only going to reach through the book that you're only going to reach from the stage. And when you deny, you've been given those gifts to sit on that as being a bad steward of the talents and the giftings that you have. Mm. So when you shut those things down, you're not just doing yourself a disservice because we do know it serves us. It feels good, right? But you are literally, there are people that are waiting to hear from you and they don't even know it. Mm. And so when you deny yourself that mode of expression, you've denied an entire population that is waiting for some kind of truth, some kind of boost that can only come from you. And when you look at it like that, man, you get much bolder in how you say yes. You start saying yes more quickly, but you also get more focused, right? Because there are people that are all over the place yeah. and you can tell because it's like they're starting, but they're not finishing. They don't really know. It's sort of yeah. half-baked, yeah. right? So when I'm coaching women and they come to me with all their gazillion ideas and they're wanting to know, how do I know which one to do? So I'm not all over the place. We first figure out what their purpose is And then we say, okay, you can say yes to everything that has your purpose in it. Everything. I don't care how radically different it looks, but you must now say no to everything Mm. that doesn't. And you talk about getting your time back and getting your space back. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, 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 I so resonate. And I often say similar things. Like if it's not a fuck, yes, it's a fuck. No. Mm. Um, So, so I guess my question is, is how do you know what that is? Like, cause I think that sounds really beautiful. And I, but I see a lot of the time, like so much struggle in like, well, 
I just don't know what a fuck yes is or what a bold choice is. So like, how do you, what would you say for somebody who's listening, who's like, okay, I have all these ideas. I, I feel really frustrated in where I am right now. Cause I know I'm not really living according to my purpose and what I want to be doing, but I have no idea how to get there. Like, what would you say to that person? And as like starting steps to even figure out what the fuck that could look like. Yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk takeaways, right? So, if you're talking about strategy here, you got to know what your purpose is, and there is a process to finding out what purpose is. It's much easier than people make it, um, but it's much more specific than oh, my purpose is to exist, live a nice life. That's not a purpose. Purpose <laughs> is always attached to other people. You're on this earth to make some kind of impact, or else why are we here? Right. You're on this earth to transform others in some way. It might be in the home with family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be a larger segment of your corner of the earth. So I always say the easiest way to take your listeners through it in this case is what's your verb, right? My purpose is to activate, right? But is it empower, inspire? Uh, when people And you find this out by just do, do the research. You already know the answer. You just haven't thought about it, right? So if you were to ask three people, What is it that you feel every time you're around me? Or why do you come to me for advice? What's the word? You'll start hearing a a repetitive word. Like every time I speak to Amanda, I just feel liberated, right? And if we were to interview four others, they'd probably say something similar. I get clearer. I feel free. So when you know now, okay, if my purpose is what happens in others when I do what I do, and whether I'm on stage, whether I'm on, on my podcast or I'm coaching, people say they feel free then my purpose must be tied into liberating people. So now everything that comes in the door must allow me to liberate. If there's restriction bound to it, um, if all I'm going to be doing is helping people, but I don't get to liberate them, I say no, even though it's a nice looking thing. Mm-hmm. It looks shiny getting, Yeah, it looks shiny. There's good. I can do good with it. Well, yeah. that's operating in your ability. Mm-hmm. We want to upgrade from ability to purpose. Right. Or it, it, when I say it, it's, it's your anointing. Like when you touch this thing, you know, it, it's on and pop it. Mm-hmm. So now Amanda's only going to say yes to things where she can liberate, clarify, or bring peace to people. So that narrows you down. And then you start being open to all the th- invitations that are going to, when you get clear on purpose, invitations start coming mm-hmm. in the area of purpose. And you said, how do I know what a bold choice is? A bold choice always has a piece of it that you are not going to be able to do um, in your current version of yourself. You're going to have to upgrade in some way to say yes to it. That's a bold invitation. You mm. say yes to that and trust that you're going to know how to make the upgrade. Most of us say no because we go, well, I, I don't have the skills for that or I've never done that. That's when I go, yay, that's exciting. Say yeah. yes. We'll yeah. figure it out together. But I think that's a really also like a super normal uh, experience that I'm sure we, you have experienced this in your own life and I certainly have, but like we live in a space so often where we move from fear and, and don't know how to move like towards our highest self and our most, mm-hmm. um, I always say our fuck yes self. That's just like the way that I, mm-hmm. I see it in my life. It's like, how can I, how can I get one step closer to her every day? Because that's what I'm moving towards. I don't want to be moving back you know, in my past to like where I was three months ago, a year ago, five years ago, because looking back to me is Mm -hmm. always you're going to just perpetuate that. So like, I think I think moving in that direction is a really scary thought, though, because it means change. It means shift. And it also facilitates growth and growth is often emotionally draining. Growth is often terrifying because we are then put into situations and circumstances where we don't believe we are enough or capable or whatever. So I guess like uh, drawing beyond that, like when we're, we know what that looks like, how do you get over all of the blocks because our brain is literally programmed to live in Mm -hmm. comfort. Right. So like, how do how do you like walk through with your clients, like breaking the, the fears down so that you can actually take action towards that version of you? Does that make sense? It does. We do a lot of work on, first of all, reframing um, almost everything that we've been taught. 
change. We've been taught to fear it. We've been told it's hard. Mm-hmm. Every corporate event I go to, they have me come in to speak on change mastery. We're going through all of this scary change. So the first thing we do is, first of all, admit change is the most organic, most mm-hmm. natural function. We've been changing since the moment we were in the womb. There was literally not a day that went by in those nine months that we were forming that we didn't radically change. Why in the world would we be born and suddenly stop having change as a natural occurrence. So we first understand change is natural. It should be anticipated, not mm, feared. Yes. And you got two types of change, right? There's obligatory change. Um, you know, my rent just went up. So now I have to make a change here. Yeah. That's obligatory. Okay. We can't avoid those things. We, we deal with it. But then there's also, I think, mavericks, people who end up standing out, they get excited about change. They look for reasons to change and reinvent every chance they get. Mm -hmm. So it's a mental reframing, a mindset shift that we get excited. And those things that we call fear, we understand, at least the women that I teach, we uh, anticipate fear as a signal. Mm -hmm. So when we feel fear, we go, what's it really telling us? Mm -hmm. It's not telling us to be afraid. It was given to us. God gave it to us to make sure we don't get eaten by saber-toothed tigers, right? (laughs) So is there a saber-toothed tiger? in our vicinity. If not, we know it's irrational. What's the real thing going on mm-hmm. here? So we triggering? do a lot of yeah. just, just, just being real about what's really happening. Um, and I'm a tough love coach. You know, my one will tell you it's, it's not a pat on your back so much as a punch in the gut a lot yep. of times, but they love it because yeah. then they can't lie to themselves anymore. Yeah. You know, once we figure out what the source really, what are you really afraid of here? Um, and a lot of times, like you said, so much stuff has been placed on us right? Our very well-meaning parents had dreams for us, right? That they've placed on us. Society tells us what we should want. And you talked about getting still. Um, I challenge uh, the women that I coach often take what I call revelation walks. Just go outside and literally say, God, why am I here in this season? What is it you want me to do right now? Right? What is it you're called? Who am I? Because that changes. And I love that you said, uh, we feel like we're not enough. There's something that's going to blow everybody's mind. You're not enough. You're not. You're not. You're, the person you are now is not enough to do what you're called to do next. That's a good thing. It means now, okay, I must open myself growing, upgrading my mindset into choosing a new mode of operation so that the new me can emerge so that I'll be enough for the next thing. That's the beauty of it. We're never enough for the next thing. That means we get to go into being who we need to be. The awesome thing too, is that while we're not enough, we're also more than enough. And what I mean by that is you already have everything in you internally Mm -hmm. to do what you're called to do. You already have it, Mm -hmm. but now the onus is on us to say, okay, I feel led to be, to do what Amanda does in podcast. Okay. Well that's in you, but do you have the equipment? (laughs) Have watched a, a, a course about how maybe to do a great podcast right out of the gate? That's the natural stuff we can do to become enough in the natural, but supernaturally we're, we're wired to do whatever we're called to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. For a second, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I agree, Jade. Cause I was like, you're saying like, yeah. we are not enough. Like as, and I think the reframe of saying like later on, like inherently we are like, cause for me, I think what, and what I teach and what I feel so passionately about is like, we already have the gifts and we've just like put so many walls up and blocks and things that stand in our way from being able to access them um, because of fear or because of trauma or because of limiting beliefs or whatever it is that's standing in your way. Um, So yeah, yeah, like that was like a journey for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I I did. I do that on purpose. I know that that statement about not being enough is shocking. And I, I spell it out in that way on purpose to kind of shock the system because I think we have to be a little bit concerned about uh, some of the inspiration that's out there that does just stop at you're enough. Because what I see it translating into is this almost this love of imperfection. It's almost trendy ra- right now to be imperfect. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we stay there. And I always say, come as you are, right? Because you're awesome as you are, but do not stay as you came. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we stop at you're enough, what's the motivation to become more? Sure. Right. If I'm enough in my bad habits, why get rid of those habits? If I'm enough in my small thinking, why? This is just me. It's who I am. Mm. Right. And so that's what I challenge is the idea that we're done there. But I think every time you level up, 
you have to level up. You can't ask for more territory, ask for more responsibility and not become a bigger person in order to handle it. Totally. I could not agree with you more in terms of like the growth capacity and like really moving towards that space. Like I personally have experienced that tenfold this year and it's been crazy. Mm. And it's also been really cool to like watch so many people that I work with do the same. But like, I think, I think as, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm wary about saying that like the imperfection piece, and maybe that's just because I, I'm triggered by the word perfectionist because I lived in that space for so long. And I know so many of my podience are inherent perfectionists, like people who are planners and overachievers to a T. And I think trying to like show up, this is what I was trying to say earlier about the classical pianist stuff. And something that I personally experienced so deeply as an opera singer is I was so in my head. And for me, it was this perfection piece that I was after that didn't serve me to actually show up the way I needed or I wanted to. And so the like, push and pull from that was so challenging for me that it literally caused me so much anxiety. And I think that when Mm. we can own that being imperfect is part of who we are as, as humans and messy, like crazy humans, but also that it is our, we have an impact to make. And the only way that we can do that and serve the world and serve ourselves is to grow and is to learn and is to rise up. Like, to me, that's where I, th- I think that there's like both. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, and, and I love that we're, we're having this, this conversation because I think it's something that I haven't really thought about that much. And it's like kind of just happening in, in the moment. But like, I think that both are, va- are valid and both can live in, and need to live in order for us to like fully even do the growing. Does that make sense? You know where I think where the, the turmoil even as I watch you express it physically, right? I yeah. mean, it's a very real thing. I'm a, rec- I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist. I, I still thing. deal with yep. it at times, right? Um, but here's where I think, and this is, this is human nature, is we, we get a great philosophy and a great, compens- uh, uh, great concept, and then we binge out on it and we get unbalanced in it. So while I think, yes, life can be messy, I don't think we ever should glorify the mess. I think the goal should always be to clean up the mess wherever possible, but to know I will probably never always get rid of everything all the time. And that is okay. But I also should not settle in mess. I, because I think if you're designed to push other people, it's our first responsibility to clean up the mess as, po- as much as possible. And the people that you're leading, you don't have to be light years ahead of them, but you got to be a few steps in front of them. Totally. And so I think the, the, yeah, the, the more of our mess that we can clean up, the more people we're responsible to leave. Because for me as a minister, I can't minister out of mess. I have got to make sure that whatever I'm trying to breathe into other people is clean. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, while it's not getting perfect, it's getting um, as right as I can be, um, righteous as I can be without becoming self-righteous as clean as I can be where, where I'm, where I'm capable of, but not allowing um, my impact, like you said, to stop because it's not all perfect. You know, there's never a stage that I've walked on where I felt like I've had it a hundred percent together. Now in that moment, what I was coming to do, I was owning it and I could do what I had to do because I'd done work necessary to have the privilege to speak to you in that moment. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's, it's, I think we're in a space where we have to get back to balance, where we have the balance of Im- imperfection, which is, which is human, with a quest for better, never mm. a quest for perfection. I love right? that. And that if you, right, if you understand that you're, you're enough, you, you were built with enough, it's in your DNA to be enough, but there's still always more that you can do, not from a place of stress and have to, but from a place of, I get to, Mm. I get to level up in this way. I love that so much. I've loved this conversation. Like I, I just feel I, so often, like I have to say, like, this has been, I think one of my favorite conversations I've had to date on the podcast. And I, I had a feeling that might happen with you. Um, but I just think that so often, like, 
I don't know. I like when they're different and varying perspectives. And like, that's why as human beings, it's so fascinating to have conversations and why I hope you guys are really not just learning from Jade, um, about like her actionable tools and the stuff that she teaches, but also about like learning from us having maybe a a differing perspectives to a certain extent or the, or the way in which we show up, um, is different. And like, that's, what's so awesome is we get to learn from each other and grow in a space that feels really, really open and honest and, and transparent. Um, to me, that's what it is to be a human being is to be curious and it is to, um, find what works for ourselves as, as individuals. And so I hope that you guys are not just listening, but genuinely, as I always say, taking inspired action around, okay, from this conversation, like what are things that resonated with me personally? And like, how am I going to then show up and take action from that space? Because that's the only way that we, as Jade has said, grow. And as we're, we're allowed, we're able to like actually show up, um, as our highest self and move in that space and have the constant shifting, um, that we as humans need to have in order to be alive. Like there's the change is real. And I think as somebody who really, really struggled with change for a really long time, like, and I've seen the other side of that, like I know how scary it can feel, but it's also Mm -hmm. so powerful when you step into it and you just allow that to take place. Because as Jade mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, like you have no idea where your life could go if you just succumb to what you're, you know, like you're meant to do and you move towards your impact instead of whatever you think you're supposed to be do or whatever you're shooting all over yourself. So I love that. And I just really appreciate this. I feel like every time I say shooting, it kind of sounds like I'm saying shitting. And I also love that. It really works. It really works. I think it's very on brand as well. I, I think you got to make sure you're you're putting that in on everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't you worry. There's a lot of shooting and shitting in my book. <laughs> okay, perfect. I love it so much. Okay, perfect. so before we hop off, though, I always like to do like a fun, fast ending with my humans who come on the pod. So are you ready to to get silly with me? I'm scared, but let's do it. Oh, embrace the fear. All right, let's dive in. So what was your favorite thing to do as a kid? Uh, oh my God. What's my favorite thing to do as a kid? Oh, I used to play outside by myself, like in the forest. I'd go for hours by myself as a little girl. I love that. What did you do? Did you just like frolic? I frolicked. I like had whole stories in my head. Yeah. I had characters and I made for salad with pine straw and cones and things. I love it. And I looked different in the times, right? Because I was able to do that with no fear of being kidnapped and all that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just hung out and my parents trusted me to do that. I love that. I love that. I so resonate. I used to like, did, did you have Beanie Babies growing up or was that, was that I before? did. I did. That was, that was, I think I was... Uh, was that middle school? Yeah. Maybe late elementary. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I have like you guys, I have a tub of Beanie Babies in my parents' like crawl space. It's real funny. Um, and I used to celebrate their birthdays. Like, oh, you know how they all had their tags with their birthdays yeah. on them. I wrote down all of my Beanie Babies birthdays and I would celebrate them and we would have story time. And like, I oh was the, gosh. I was I was all about telling stories, like creating worlds. Of course, the creative. That's intense. I love it. Um, (laughs) Okay. Word, the word that you're especially loving right now. Breakthrough. Mm. Is there a reason for that? I'm obsessed with uh, the process of breakthrough. I I believe there's a formula to it. I spent a lot of time studying it and teaching it back uh, to the women that I coach. And we've been seeing some incredible Yeah. Okay. I was, I believe there's a, a science behind breakthrough, you know? So a lot of the stuff we talked about purpose, change, transformation, it's all in there. And so I'd love to write the book that teaches people how to have it happen more often than not. Well, you fucking should. (laughs) (laughs) And I use that word specifically (laughs) because I don't use that word flippantly. Um, I would fucking read it for sure. So I'm right here with you. Um, I love it. Okay. If you could go back in time and say something to your younger self, what would it be? It is going to be better than you can imagine. So stop planning it so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. I just also made the most intense sound for you guys. I hope you enjoyed every minute of that. Like that was like deep growl from like within <laughs> the pits of Amanda. <laughs> I love that. Oh fuck. I want you guys also to think about that. Everyone that's listening. Cause I feel like that's a question that is so powerful to think back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of what we've been talking about today, it stems from yes. Like mm-hmm. the, what we w- wanted as kids when we like weren't really thinking like about all the other stuff, like our impact was there then too. Right. And I think that's good. Getting clear on where you were as a kid and like what lit you up, like maybe that's part of what isn't your is missing in your life now. I know for me, that was a big part of when I started living unapologetically. I was like, wait, I used to love climbing trees. Why did I stop doing that? I used to love like having a dance party and like being such a weirdo. Like, why did I stop doing that? Because it felt like I was not put and like now doing that, it's like, you guys see me on my Insta stories. I have motherfucking dance parties every fucking day. Like, you know that. And it's like, that's a huge part of who I am, but that wasn't a huge part of how I let myself be. So for a long time. So go back in time for yourself too. Cause I think that's a question we can all and should all ask ourselves. And I say should intentionally there again. Okay. <laughs> last question. What does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life? I own my time. I own how much impact I get to have. Um, And I'm not, I don't have to be driven by fear or by money because whatever I'm doing in purpose brings me prosperity, power, passion. Mm. um, And my family feels it just as much as the people on stage do. I want to be the same in all of the spheres that I'm inhabiting. That means I'm, I'm real, right? You know, Mm. so that's a good space to be in. I feel like I'm there now. And because of that, you could not pay me any dollar amount to go back to anything other. Mm, I feel like you took the words out of my mouth. I, mm. I, I adore you. Like I genuinely uh-huh. am just so, so grateful that a person like you exists on this world and that you are moving towards your, I just want to honor you because I like you guys, I, I really hope that you've taken this hour to really, really take in what Jade said, because I personally have been so positively impacted by you just being yourself. And I think that that is a lesson that I hope you all learn from listening to this conversation is that when we step into our unapologetic, or as you say, our our maverick selves, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can fully be um, showing up from a space where we make an impact just by being us. And that is so powerful. And I really want you to like take some time to think about that today. And I just honor you for, creating the space for that because it is, um, it is a gift. It really is. And I really appreciate it. Wow. I thank you. And I, I thank you for just, again, getting to be on screen with you and watch you, you know, I have a little daughter I have a son who's 11 and my daughter is six and she is an unapologetic force of nature. I love it. Um, whether we like it or not all the time, but I spend a lot of time (laughs) protecting her shine even from her father and her brother, who are her opposites, they are our opposites. They are the quiet kind mm. of, you know, chill guys yeah, and yeah. mommy and sissy are a little over the top. <laughs> and I often protect, I say, you know, don't quiet her, don't shun her, don't tell mm. her to turn off. And when I look at you, Amanda, I see that it's going to pay off because while you said you had to kind of come back to this person or rediscover or uncover who you are now, I'm trying to protect my daughter so that she gets to stay who she is all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so as I see you, and you know, people don't know, because we talked about it before we got on the podcast, but you know, I don't use profanity. I may not express myself like you do, but I said I, I was excited because I felt like it was the same energy. Mm-hmm. And we're able to have a conversation, have a tug of war, and come back and still feel great honor, uh, you know, and, and serious love for each other. And that's powerful. So when I look at you, all that to say, I'm excited because... I see great possibility, even for my daughter. I see what I am protecting, that she gets to be you um, and she gets to stay. She gets to stay herself that whole way. And and if if I can protect that, then she can turn out like you have and be someone who literally busts walls for other people. (laughs) So I'm very excited about the prospects now. Well, I receive that with so much love and light because it is very, very kind of you to say. And I genuinely adore you. So speaking of adoring and getting to, to into your space more, um, this is all going to be in the show notes for you guys, but how can, how can the audience connect with you? How can they get in your sphere? Like where can they yeah. find you online? 
they're going to want to, uh, we're going to want to hang out together on Instagram, probably the most yeah. I'm at official Jade Simmons. And uh, we actually just launched a new community as well called transformation nation. The doors are closed uh, right now. This is September 19, but they will be open again soon. And it's a space where people like us who resonate at a big frequency or who are looking to kind of level up and be bolder. We live there, kind of aliens on a planet together. But mm. if they're on any of my social media stuff, they'll learn more about it. Um, I'm just excited to meet people who are dead set on living bigger and bolder and mm. who believe they were put on this earth to transform others. And I love to teach people how to do just that. I love it. You guys go make sure you go follow her, connect with her on all the ways and say hey and shout her out. Like post this in your stories. Let us know how you like today's episode and your favorite takeaway. And I appreciate you guys so much and I appreciate you to the moon. Thank you so much for being here and having this conversation. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Jade, for sharing your heart and your vision and your magic on today's episode. For all of the stuff we talked about today, um, you can check out the show notes at amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash forward slash 73, 73, holy shit. Um, and also, um, of course, all of that stuff is also on your favorite podcast app. Um, and until next week, I will see you guys uh, on the flip side. Remember to share this episode on all the social medias. Um, check it out on, um, share it on Instagram. Let me know what you're listening to, what your favorite takeaway is. And go reach out to Jade and say thank you for anything that you've learned today. Um, I know she would be so deeply appreciative. That's part of the give and take process, right? You learn and you, you share the love, um, you share the gratitude and, and pass this on to your fave entrepreneurial bestie or anyone for that matter who just needs a little bit more um, permission to be themselves. So until next week, I'll see you guys on the flip side. Bye-bye.